Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Justice Tips. This is James P. Friel. I am excited to have you here with us today. I'm excited for our guest, Jeffrey, who uh, we're going to introduce in just a minute. And before we get to Jeffrey Davidson, Dean Holland, I should say a quick hello to you and a top of the morning to you on the other side of the planet. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you doing, my awesome, awesome co-host, Mr. James P. Friel? Mr. James Thank you for that amazing introduction. Um, I'm doing great. I'm excited about a lot of different things this week. And um, I don't know, man, there's so many cool things going on right now. I don't even think I know where to begin. But I know one of the things we definitely want to uh, talk about this morning is our uh, get a conversation going with Jeffrey Davidson. Jeffrey, how are you? I'm doing amazing. Utterly amazing. But I don't have any background music. <laughs> I'll find something later. Um, I'll enhance, trust me. I'll 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 be creative. I'll try to do something to enhance your already amazing day that you're having. So so Jeffrey, um, tell us uh, you're you're in the uh, in the leadership space as I understand it, and uh, you have tons of experience with helping people grow their teams and manage their teams and you know strive for performance and stuff like that. And I think when I look at all the different companies that I've been working with and entrepreneurs in general. One of the things that seems to hold people back is they're either afraid of working and managing a team. They don't want a team. They don't understand how it works, but you just like jump right in and you, that's your, that's your wheelhouse, isn't it? Well, it is now, but it wasn't always, you know, I learned the hard way, like everyone else out there, all the stuff I was taught about leadership was really good when it was in the book. But when it came time to actually doing it, it didn't always work out so well. Yeah, that's uh, that's sort of how it's been with Dean and I. It sounded good <laughs> on paper for me to have this show with him. And then when I realized I actually had to talk with him on a frequent basis, it started my heart sank, you know, and so maybe it's something similar. <laughs> well, what kind of went wrong with us is like we very quickly became the greatest business and marketing pod- podcast in the world. And now we kind of just feel like we have to keep this going, even though we detest each other. Yeah, it's re- we're really doing it for the fans at this point. Off camera or off microphone, we have very different feelings towards each other. So, <laughs> yes, but yeah. you guys give great hugs. I saw you guys hugging each other out. Um, <laughs> oh, it was just really touching. You're not you're not actually the first person to say that, so I appreciate the uh, the recognition. <laughs> I don't know where you saw that, but let's uh, <laughs> let's find that and take it down. <laughs> so, Jeffrey, back to your story. So. So now, now this is your wheelhouse, but when, like, what, what went wrong when you first started trying to manage people? Oh man. So I thought I was an expert at leadership. Like I thought I got it. I studied it when I was a teenager. I took classes on it in college. I was promoted multiple times and I was always over a team. And I was in my early thirties 
I've been named the president of a small sales company here in Dallas, Texas. And, you know, we're doing 20 plus million in sales and got a staff of 25 folks. And I'm in my great big office. You know, it's huge, just mammoth. And it's got all this dark mood lighting that some previous president had, and I didn't know how to change. And I'm mostly just sitting there hiding on my Palm Pilot because I didn't know what to go tell all the people to do. And I was so glad that they already knew their jobs because I was afraid to talk to them. You know, there's so many ways to be a bad boss. There's a micromanager. There's a jerk. There's, you know, just some process Nazi. And I knew all those were bad, but I didn't know what was good. So I just got busy with my own stuff and I ignored all the people. And how did that work out? <laughs> yeah. Well, just like you might imagine, we had a parent company and eventually they came in and said, uh, Jeffrey, um, do you know where the boxes are? Because you need to pack your stuff and go. And it was a pretty demoralizing day. I'll be honest, because you guys keep it real. I went home to my wife and she said, honey, what's wrong? And I started to cry. Ugh, not a good day. I, I can't say I didn't deserve it because I, I wasn't leading my people. I wasn't making the right difference. Ugh, but seeing a grown young man cry, just a very sad sight. <laughs> I think we've all probably been there. James probably more than others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we need to take away his controls to these sound effects. <laughs> no, that's the only, that's that's my only hope, Dean. Please don't do it. How long did this go on for? Like you were hiding from people and not certain what to do. Was it like you didn't want to do the wrong thing? Was it perfectionism? Was it paralysis analysis? Like what like what caused that situation to happen? You know, so much of it and and everyone's different. But for me, I didn't want to be a bad boss. I didn't want to do all those things that are really bad. And I was stuck with thinking, I'm the guy in charge. I have to be the expert. I have to always be in command and control. So I had both this persona of, I must appear to be, you know, some super leader. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't even know how to be like teeny tiny leader. And I'm stuck in this quandary between what I know to say and what I think I should say. So I just got busy on my own stuff. And I left them all alone, hoping that would be good enough. And I did it so long that I was just stuck. In the end, I decided to leave it all and go into consulting because you don't have to be a boss of anyone consulting. You know, you just go tell people what to do and then you move on. And if they don't like it, that's fine. And I eventually found an old colleague for a consulting client called me up and said, hey, Jeffrey, what are you doing? And I'm thinking as I'm walking outside in the backyard with my dogs you know, on a nice Tuesday morning, like, I've got the life. Uh, I'm doing great. And I'm thinking that because I don't have any people. And he goes, I want you to help me build a team. I just want you to come in and train them and make them great. And I'm like, oh, I can take a bunch of analysts and make them great. And I got there and it started with two weeks and it went to a month and went to two months. And after six months, he said, wow, this is getting really expensive. And I eventually ended up becoming employee and building a team. And they taught me how to lead. Ah, one of the best blessings of my life. What happened between you sort of, you know, hiding out and being like an ostrich and putting your head in the sand at the first, the first thing, and you know, this newfound Jeffrey? Like, what? Like, tell, take me on that journey there, so that I understand what. Like, did you 
did you do work on yourself? Did you read more books? Like, did you just decide to get out of your own way? Like what, what caused that difference for you? Well, now I try to help people over this, but for me, I learned how to care about the people. I mean, that's, if I'm going to sum it up is I learned how to care. I learned how to care more about them than me in some image of being a super leader. It just started with me talking with, you know, one employee saying, Hey, what do you think about this? And they would give some, you're the boss answer. I'm like, no, 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 let's really debate this idea. And we'd rip apart some idea and I'd show her that, no, 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 we don't just talking. We're here to debate and we're here to not to say like, I'm going to argue with you, but let's talk about this idea and what's good about it. What's bad about it, how we might use it, how we want to reject it, how we might twist it and change it to make it fit us. And just through a conversation with the people, we would say, let's try this. And that was one step. And then another was getting to know people and saying, what do you like? What do you like to do? Where do you want to grow? And then it was paying attention to people. That's another step. And saying, you know, you said you like this and you said you kind of like talking to groups, but you know what? You're great at talking to groups. We should give you more chances to become even better because you've got potentials you don't even realize. So it was a combination of a bunch of things and getting to know the people, getting to know what they like, what where they have potential, and finding a way to help them grow just because they wanted to was a really big step for me. Mm. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think it's really interesting about feeling like you had to know the answers at first. I think uh, you know, and maybe Dean, like this is something that you've experienced as you've been growing your team over the last couple of years too, is being a leader means that you don't always actually know the answers at all, but you have the you create the environment and the culture that fosters the best in other people and like you bring that out in them. Yeah, I can I can definitely say um from my side, like I mean our team like you, like you just said, James, we've been growing, but um, we just moved into a recently into a 2,500 square foot premises. And so far at the moment, it's just four of us here. We've got everyone else's virtual. But my biggest thing, I think, to be honest, in growing my team, and obviously I'm not talking about teams at the size you've been speaking of, Jeffrey, but I, I found it quite a transition to relinquish the responsibilities in the first place. I kind of related to what you just said a minute ago, Jeffrey, where he was like, I didn't really know what to say or do with these people. So I kind of just shut the door and got on with my own work. And I think um, that's something I could definitely relate with. And and I'm still, I think, to this day, even now, like this, this team's been growing over the last sort of six, 12 months. And I think I still think even now, like I'm going through a stage where I'm still learning what things to, to pass on and, and to take off my responsibilities and to, to be able to help my team, like you've just said, like grow within their roles and learn to speak with them and learn their, you know, their strengths, their weaknesses, and to be able to help them mold within their roles. So I'm definitely, uh, definitely in the trenches right now with a lot of what you're talking about. Yeah. I hear what you're saying there, Dean. And so many times I find is that people don't know why they're there. In other words, I know I'm coming to do a job. I, I know I'm coming. Basically, I'm going to give you time. You give me money. It's called a paycheck, and I want it every week. So we know that. But after four or five days, people look, they wake up, they're getting ready for work. They look in the mirror, and they're like, I am a hero. 
inside, I am donning my holy armor and I'm going to go fight for, wait for it, wait for it. I don't know why I'm going to work. Right. I guess I'll take off the honor and armor and just go get that paycheck. So many times what we're missing is first, how are you trying to make a difference in someone's life? How are customers going to be different because of what you've done? And this is true if you're like an internal accounting department or if you're a huge conglomerate or you're just a scrappy startup and you're trying to change your marketplace. If someone's life isn't going to be different after using your product, then what are you doing? And it doesn't have to be huge. You could be a painter and saying, hey, when people come in, they're just going to smile because this room is so bright and shiny because I painted it. That's enough of a mission, but you need to have a mission and your people need to know what success looks like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. How do you help people make that connection between their job and what they're doing and the big picture? Because I think what you're talking about is like, I totally agree with it. It's, it's people are more motivated and enthusiastic when they feel like they have purpose. Right. And that's like definitely part of leadership. And I think that thing you just hit on right there is that connection, that link between, you know, what I'm doing right now and what, you know, what kind of mission that we're all on is sometimes like one of the most important jobs of leadership because a lot of times people can't see that impact and that's when they lose motivation and that's when they just sort of feel like work is a grind. So do you have do you have a way that you teach people how to how to share that with their people that are working for them and the people that are helping them build their their worlds? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, sure, yeah, I do. Um, I've got a couple things. One is an exercise that I have to help leaders learn what do the people think about what the purpose, what their meaning of this department or company is, and it's I can explain it right here really simply. Get a bunch of index cards, pass it out to your team, make sure they've got a pen or pencil, and say, I want you to write down from one word to one sentence what difference we make for our customers. What meaning do we have here as an organization? And if everyone comes back with some version of your mission statement, if everyone comes back with some version of here's how we make a difference and it's close to the same, then you've done a great job. But what I find is when I do this exercise with teams of four to 12, that half the people write question marks and some people put to make more money and some people put some version of what a customer wants, but you're not certain what it is. And I find that almost no teams has this commonness. So that's a great exercise to try. And then I have, in fact, I just put it up on my website. A little form, it's six questions to help the leader think through what kind of team they want and how the team is going to make a difference, how they add meaning. And it's a little worksheet. The six questions are simple to ask, but takes a little bit of time to think through what the answers are and helps them come up with a statement so that they can share it with their team. And then as a leader, you have to share, share, share. And then you make sure that what you're doing aligns with that. So I guess all of this is sort of predicated on the fact that you as a leader actually know what the mission is, well, right? Like if you, don't, <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, then, then everybody's going to be sort of not knowing how to answer that question. That's true. And even if you know what you're doing, if you haven't told them, they may not know. I worked with a leader a month ago 
And she was mad as a hornet that the people weren't all on the same page. So I said, when was the last time you shared what the purpose of your department was? And she said, I don't know, but I'm sure I did it recently. I'm like, really? Because I talked to people and they don't remember it. So she had to go digging through it and she found one slide in a deck from three years ago (laughs) that explained the mission. And she's like, what do you mean that all these people who weren't even here back then don't know our mission? (laughs) Nice. How often do you need to share this with people? Like, is this something that you talk, is a conversation that happens all the time? Is it like, I have have my own thoughts and opinions on this, but I'm curious, like what you've seen effective in the engagements that you've had. What I like to see it is it's on the whiteboard in the leader's office. Now, sometimes you have to erase it because you use the whiteboard, but then a week later, it just shows up again. And if you're working on something and someone says, well, what should we do? You know, we've got a little bit extra money that came in last week. Should we invest it in training our people? Should we invest it in marketing? Should we invest it in that new product? Where should we put that? And what I really want the leader to say is, well, remember, the way we define meeting is we're going to make sure people are happy when they walk in this room or whatever your particular meeting is. And then have a conversation around how this decision should reflect that meaning. Okay. All right, cool. So, so give me an example of like a really, really vague or shitty mission (laughs) that you've seen that just is like, nobody, like it sounds good, but it doesn't really align people versus one that is, is still simple, but it gets everybody inspired and aligns them together. Okay. For vague and shitty, I call those things corporate propaganda. And if people really wanted more of that, they'd all go move to North Korea because that's all they've got over there. They don't have any substance, just corporate propaganda. And anytime I see any kind of statement that says, we are going to be best of class service for our customers, blah, 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 you're not paying attention. When I see those, when I hear those, when it's on some poster behind the receptionist, when you walk into an office, I'm like, ugh, no one even knows what that statement is and no one cares. It's just a propaganda poster. So all those are terrible. I think James actually has that on a card on the inside of his wallet, actually. I think, is that right, James? I saw that recently. Yeah, that was a very kind (laughs) gift that you had given me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you know what? I've seen really simple ones that said the mission, the the model for this one team, because it's more a model, but it's what the leader used is, I want people on our team to think of themselves as a family. It didn't even talk about their customer. They just said, I want us to think of ourselves as a family. And that was their guiding star, their North Star for what they were doing. I saw another team that said, we're going to be so good in our job that if the company were to fold, we could go find work ourselves. All we need is a shingle and a salesperson. And they meant to be world-class. And they would have conversations about what's the difference between Santa's Village, that little amusement park, you know, that is on the outskirts of town where the roller coasters rickety and after you're five years old, you don't want to get on it versus Six Flags, which is nice and Disney World, which is world-class. You know, how do they make themselves into a world-class organization in whatever their pursuit is? So sort of maybe play devil's advocate here on the, like we're family type thing. Yeah. You know, so some families are really dysfunctional and I don't know what, you know, what these people have in mind when they're saying that, but how does that, 
How does that get people to say, okay, I'm going to come in to work and I'm going to do something that's obviously going to make the, the experience for our customers better. I'm going to do something that's going to make our organization more money. That's going to increase the quality of life for everybody working here. Like, how does that eventually permeate what people do as opposed to thinking that they're just going to come in and they're going to hang out with a bunch of people that they really like? You know, that's a great question. I think that one thing that we need to give as leaders is meaning. And the second thing we need is we need to give clarity. And I think a lot of times leaders will say, I want you to do it, go do this job. I want you to go sell 10 of these. And the employee doesn't know, am I supposed to sell 10 on sale, 10 this week, 10 to ideal clients? Is it 10 in a year, you know, over time? What exactly should I be doing with that? That makes a really big difference for how the people act because a lot of leader perfectionists are think, oh, you have to do it just like me. And if you don't do it just like me, you're doing it wrong. Well, there's more than one way to do it, but there's a big difference between do it exactly like me and reach this goal. Too often, we just don't say what the goal is. We don't share what that needs to be. We don't share what success looks like. Mm, right, right. Dean, what are your thoughts on this? I'm just thinking through all the, th- as you've been talking, I'm thinking through all the uh, all the kind of things and feelings that I've been going through building my team. And like, even even now, like I said, like we're, we're very much in the trenches. And I think, I think what you've just said there actually is something that I'm definitely guilty of uh, as the CEO. I think, I think one of my issues is personally, if anyone listening or you guys can relate at any point in the past to this is like, I started my business as a solo entrepreneur, like just me. And, um, and I, and I had to learn everything that had to take place in that business. Right. And I, and I just literally built it from the ground up alone before I had anyone that came in to help me. And I even had a team. And I still think to this day that although that was good in one sense that I learned a lot, I think it punishes me to this very day because my problem is, is that I can do most things okay. Right? I'm, ex- I'm amazing at certain things, but I can do most things that we have to do at least okay. And I think because of that, sometimes I get trapped in a space where I maybe don't convey what's going off in my head to the team. And that, like you've just said there, Jeffrey, is like sometimes people don't share what the victory is, what that, what that end goal is, because it's up in their mind and maybe everyone else is sitting around going, I think I know what he's thinking, but I don't really know. And so, um, yeah, it's very interesting, everything you're saying. I'm, I'm kind of finding my flaws while speaking to you, which is, which is actually great that I've been able to come to those on my own because normally James is uh, very, very keen to point them out for me, which is, which is a different story altogether. Well, that's, that's part of the value that I intend to provide to you, Dean. It's just constant criticism of where you're going wrong. You know, well, even as you were saying, as I was building my team, I thought you were saying, as I was building my martini, <laughs> that's happened as well. That's a simultaneous <laughs> activity. That's in Dean's leadership guide. Um, alcohol and teams. They do mix. They do mix. They do that's the subtitle. Yeah. That's genius. <laughs> this is why we have James here, just for those short moments where we actually like him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dean. So, Jeffrey, just to sort of like 
round things out. Like if you're if you're coming in, so so you do consulting when you come into a company and you're working with the client and you're trying to you know get them to the next level. What's your process that you go through to see where leadership is? You know, either breaking down or it could be improved or it's non-existent. Like, how do you get to the root of the matter before you start making recommendations? Wow. That is a good question, James. Yeah. Congratulations on the good question. I was waiting. <laughs> I was working on it this whole time. So I usually start off with saying, do you have a plan? What are your big goals for the next year? And what are your more detailed plans for the coming quarter? And I know that they want to grow. They know they want to improve. And I just say, hey, where do you want to improve? What do you want to do? And we start off with saying, what are your plans? And it pretty quickly points out that their plans are vague, that the people don't understand what the goal is, that we don't have a definition of success, that we don't know what steps we're going to take to get there. And we just start with that. That's nice and concrete. We still need to come up with things like meaning and clarity, but most entrepreneurs, it's easy to start with, what are your plans? So that's my first question. And too often they just say, I want to grow. By how much? By when? In what market space? What kind of clients? Do your people know this? And then, okay, so then, so there's like a level of, of clarity on where do we want to go? What do we want to do? What's good? What does good look like? Yep. And then from there, it's okay, how much How much of all of that do your people actually understand? And I'm sure there's like, that's on a spectrum from, you know, the one, uh, one example that you shared. Well, I, I think I mentioned it three years ago to we're talking about it all the time, right? And so wherever they are on that spectrum is, is, the, is the goal then to get them to get more clarity on the goal and where they want to go. And then to make sure that that, information gets disseminated on a regular basis and then like people actually understand how they tie into that picture. Correct. Because people want to know how they fit into the big picture. They want that clarity of both what that goal is. They want to make sure the goal is in alignment with what the meaning is of what we're trying to do. And then they're like, how does this impact me? And then after they know how it impacts me, then like, cool. Now, what are my tools to get my job done? And if you're still sporting some Windows 95 machines, you're kind of hobbling your heroes. So that's what we need to work on next is that. And then we start to get into after we've made sure that we've got um, clarity around where we're going, it's in alignment with our goals. I know where I fit in to achieving this victory. Then what are my tools? And then how do I get along with my teammates? And lastly, mm -hmm. How do we give feedback on this whole system so that when something doesn't work, we can make it better? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my takeaway from this is, Dean, you probably need to upgrade your team from the Commodore 64s that they're working on. <laughs> yeah. But I've got a real attachment to them. I'm not ready to let go. <laughs> yeah. Dean has them publish all of their work to, uh, to the floppy drive. <laughs> yeah. uh, we send memos on cassette. <laughs> just imagining that happening that's a, yeah that's uh yeah so so seriously dean time to upgrade. <laughs> i think that i think that makes a lot of sense and and i guess one of the things that i you know i just want to sort of ask you is 
when people want to work with you, I mean, what's what's the best way for them to uh, to reach out and to find out more about you and you know, start engaging in a dialogue where you might be able to come in and help them up their leadership skills. Oh, no problem. Thanks for asking that. The best way to reach me is on the web. It's hard to find that on the Commodore 64, but if you've got a more modern machine or maybe a modern <laughs> cell phone, <laughs> my uh, website address is great teams, LTD, that stands for limited, great teams, limited.com. And if you hit slash more, I've got some resources that are downloadable for, for people to help. So the exercise about how to ask your team what the mission is so you can evaluate what they know or the exercise for leaders to go through to say, what is it that we want to define our meaning as or an exercise to help you receive feedback and to teach your team to receive feedback or an exercise to help the team learn how each other likes to work. So based on that, they can come up with good working agreements and good standards for how to treat each other. So I've got a bunch of exercises there um, for people if they just want to learn on their own. Or you could call me up and say, Jeffrey, we've got some event. We want you to either be a keynote speaker or we want you to provide some training. That's great, Jeffrey. And uh, Dean, what I'll do uh, until you upgrade your technology is I'll print that out for you. Uh, <laughs> Send down carrier pigeon. <laughs> I will. I, that's, ex- that's exactly right. I'll wrap it around the leg of the pigeon and you'll have it uh, soon enough. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. So now in all seriousness, so if you guys want to connect with Jeffrey, uh, it's greatteamsltd.com. And for his resources, greatteamsltd.com forward slash more. Uh, to go through some of the exercises and things that he's sharing. And, um, you know, this this is useful stuff. I And, you know, just sort of, uh, I'll just say this, learning how to lead people and organize people and everything, I think is one of the most critical things that you can learn as an entrepreneur. If you don't, your growth will be stunted. You'll only get to a certain level. Nothing of any great significance was ever built by yourself. And so that means that one of the key things is, uh, you know, learning how to organize, manage, lead and inspire people. And uh, if going through some of those exercises from Jeffrey helps you get there, then uh, then definitely take the time to download those and go through them. Very cool. Jeffrey, uh, thanks for being on the show today, man. I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to be here and, uh, and sharing your, uh, your experience with us. I apologize for Dean. Uh, it's just sort of more of a standing apology, uh, you know, just that you've had to experience him. Uh, and <laughs> oh, I think I hate you. <laughs> yeah. It, unfortunately, we can't, uh, we can't, I can't cover the cost of any therapy that is required as a result of this, but hopefully uh, you'll make your way through this difficult time. <laughs> You know, my mom listens to this show. She'll come for you. You're going picking on a picking on a number one. <laughs> yeah, you've got the same level of technology as you. I'm not too worried about her finding. <laughs> She'll be after you with a compass over the next ten years. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, well, thank you, uh, thank you for being here today, Jeffrey Dean. Anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up? No. Likewise, like you just said, thank you so much, Jeffrey. Uh, it has been awesome to be here. It almost seems like it came and went so fast. I've no doubt that your expertise in the topic 
which you've mastered would be uh, something we could talk about for hours upon hours and hours. And uh, in the time we've had, it's been amazing. So thank you for sharing. You're so welcome. And Dean, I'll be looking out for that carrier pigeon when you send your request for help. (laughs) Don't be shooting it down. It's got a long way to come. (laughs) It'll be coming with a British accent. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys again. And uh, to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And we will talk with you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.